We will now prepare your planet for habitation by the Zion. This time, a contemporary tale concerning the Space Action Podcast! You are the population of the world. With your hosts, Chris Carson and DC and Shama. Well, well, well. This is the weasel. This is the reptile cage. Here are the ducks. Welcome to another episode of Space Action Podcast. A Division of Space Action Heroes, a webcomic that you can find at spaceactionheroes.com. I'm Denise Onchama. And I am Chris Carson. And as you can tell by that extremely awkward intro, it's been a while, folks. <laughs> uh, hi, welcome to the um, pod. <laughs> you can uh, hear uh, the uh, gears um, turning, like, what the fuck yeah. is this thing called again? <laughs> welcome to Pace Faction Smeros. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, oh my God. Hi, guys. Hi, everybody. We've missed you. Uh, I didn't miss you. I'm sorry. I have. Other I, I to asked do. him at least to fake it for the podcast, <laughs> but he re- he refused. I can't. It's hard for guys to fake it because you have to have like some substance nearby to throw on people, you know. I suppose. Yeah. This week. <laughs> <laughs> come. The joke was about come. See, ah, cha cha cha. Hollywood. Speaking of come. Hmm. This week, a white Avenger mm-hmm. has risen. Mm-hmm. From the MCU. Mm-hmm. And I thought we'd be remiss to not talk about it because we finally have a gorgeous Guatemalan man. My man crush. <laughs> Mr. A Oscar Guatem- Eyes. A, a, a Guatemalan Jewish man. Mm. Imbued with the powers of ancient Egypt. Egypt. I know. <laughs> what is it with the people? Like, do they know in Hollywood he's not Egyptian, right? That's twice right. now they've been like, you're an Egyptian superhero. He's like, I'm, I'm not for you. are an I'm, Egyptian I'm... superhero. <laughs> Egyptians, Jews, you guys are linked. Pyramids. There's pyramids yeah. in Guatemala. Jews built pyramids. You got it. It's fine. He's like, what you the get it. fuck? Wait, how much am I getting paid here? Okay, fine. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Moon Knight! Uh, Moon Knight! Moon Knight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now, now, since we're starting off talking about Moon Knight uh, ridiculously, um, I want to say something that really made me chuckle. But I feel like this opinion might make me sound like a right-wing asshole mm-hmm. if you don't listen to the entire opinion. Oh, boy. Are you ready for this? Yeah, but I'm only going to take the first couple seconds and make you sound like a fucking fascist. Go ahead. And then that's it. Yeah. Have you noticed that a lot of the um, behind the scenes uh, people they've been propping up with Moon Knight have been Muslim? Directors, writers, um, people just working on the show. They've used it as a vehicle. They're like, okay, we're making a show in Egypt. We're going to use this to give like a spotlight to some Muslim artists. Okay. How fucked up is that when you really think about it? Because, quick history lesson, (laughs) 600 years ago, Muslims invaded Egypt violently. Before that, (laughs) Egypt was being held by the Roman Byzantine Empire since Cleopatra. And before Cleopatra, Alexander the Great, the Greeks, conquered Egypt. Mm. So, three, four, five thousand years later, isn't it kind of like... Making a movie or a TV show about a superhero who gets his powers from ancient Native American gods <laughs> and using it as a vehicle for white Christians. <laughs> a little bit. Isn't it a little 
little bit. That's a little tone deaf. <laughs> yeah, when you put it that way. So it's like that progressivism definitely has an expiration date. It's yeah. like people, people want to blow up Mount Rushmore, but we'll take a selfie with a pyramid. Right. <laughs> so there's definitely an expiration date on on aspects of that uh, movement. It I made just me really chuckle. Really want to see the fucking movie about <coughs> Chad the Navajo warrior who defends right? the words of Jesus Christ because you just sold a ticket, sir. I want to see that. <laughs> it has to be a Chinese production where they give all of the the behind the scenes stuff to white American Christians. <laughs> Like, well, we got to build, you know, it's we're, we're filming in Texas, so we probably should get a lot of whites in here to, to make oh, this show, right? Motherfucker. Or else people are going to protest us. <laughs> yeah, I find it's almost like an, uh, uh, when you put it that way, like a, a six, six episode version of that lesbian kiss at the end of Rise of Skywalker. It's like, <laughs> right? Disney, can you f- <laughs> just subtlety? Like it's a little subtle. Stop being so didactic with your attempts to be like all inclusive when you're right. blocking gay rights bills, or like you're thinking about it. You're, you're kind you're of mulling it over right now. Like it. fuck off. I guess like if you're in Iraq, if you're like okay, we want to make a show about ancient Egyptian culture and gods. The closest thing you could get now would be like like Nubians, I mm. think, are the closest genetic match to what Egyptians that built the pyramids were. Like, so you'd have to go into North Africa and, and, and put their culture on a sure. pedestal, right? Sure. Those are the people, not the invading Muslims. <laughs> they were like, but we did that. It was called Black Panther. <laughs> we can't do it again. <laughs> we can't do it twice. You can't have more than one African that, superhero. It's going to freak people out, man. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, that made me chuckle, and I put it. I really That's badly really tried to, up. <laughs> in a group in a group chat. I tried to convey that message. And I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And I was like, "Okay, maybe I should say this in person and not try and write it down because it comes off ridiculous." I guess because like the history of Egypt. I, mean, I think you talked about this when you ever whenever you went there. It's been so muddled. They've been taken over so many times. They're like, we oh, yeah. don't really have a culture anymore. That like. No one at Disney thought to like do a little bit more homework, right? Yeah, like it, it, Egyptian culture is extinct. That's why it's so mm. funny when the, that new Mummy movie that people they had to walk on such eggshells to not offend ancient Egyptians, I guess, because <laughs> mummies are scary, and you, so you can't just do a guy wrapped up. But it's like mummy mummies are pretty fucking scary, and they haven't made them for like. 3,000 years. So every, like, there's no culture left on the I don't, world associated with mummies. So I, don't I don't think know. that was the biggest problem that last mummy movie had. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think that last no. movie, the biggest problem was it was that last mummy movie. It was Tom Cruise screaming in an airplane. <laughs> That's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. We were in a theater. I can't remember oh, yeah, what yeah. movie, a packed theater on opening night for some movie, and when that came up, it went, Woo. it goes, like there's that doom, and it goes quiet, and this yeah. one guy in the back of the theater went, oh! <laughs> <laughs> like everyone started laughing. <laughs> uh, the, un- the unpredictable social zeitgeists are the best. Oh, so good. <laughs> but anyways, back to Mark Spector. Back to Mark Spector. So what did you think overall of the show? Um, <clears throat> I think this show did kind of a similar thing to like the Boba Fett show in the sense of like Shit the, the bed well <laughs> the, the, in Amber Heard it <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while folks a lot's <laughs> happened holy shit a lot has happened <laughs> <We're> all... 
Oh, all man. The, all the Karens of the world are getting their comeuppance via oh, Amber Heard. It's beautiful. fantastic. It's oh. my favorite is I saw, the, I saw this video of, like, you know, to use the parlance of the kids of like energy rolling up to court. So Amber Heard gets out of her car and she's very uptight. She's like, good morning. And she walks in. Deb's car rolls up. He's cranking Freedom by Bob Marley. <laughs> and he like strolls out of his car. And I'm like, yeah. 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 It's pretty, pretty fantastic. But um, I you know it, it reminded me of the Fed show in the sense of like that second last episode i'm like that's the show that mm. was more interesting than conch i'm not conch you uh, uh uh poor old half dead looking ethan hawk what happened to ethan hawk i don't know is, is he okay it might just be the hair that makes yeah. him look so bedraggled and sickly i don't know but yeah because it started so strong i love the introduction of his character where he takes the shot grinds up the glass and puts the glass in his i'm like that's one of the most interesting villain introductions in the mcu but then it was never played upon though no it was no, so he, he like, felt like the the planet smashers or whatever the fuck they were called from the uh, captain in uh, Winter Soldier. Where right. I'm like, I don't really care about your motive and your plan doesn't really. You want to what? Uh, make the alligator show up and she's going to eat souls? And that's if you if you it, just, it seems like basic script writing that if you're going to spend five minutes setting up a character that breaks glass and puts it in his slippers every day to torture himself, then you should probably spin-off of that yes <laughs> to describe why he's doing what he's doing or have it come back in some way other than his bloody footprints at the end to make us think he's not actually in a mental ward i guess but i i guess like his whole thing it was supposed to be that he was spurned by conchu he used it so he was conchu's former avatar is that what we're what it was that's what we're going with yeah and then so he <laughs> just felt like it's all this revenge thing against him so he so feels why he had his to feet up because he felt he had to suffer because of what? Because Mark almost went nuts from all the shit that he made him do, right? He had to kill a bunch of people. They were bad people, but it sounds them up. like he might be Jesus's avatar then. If he's just gonna whip himself all day, no? Well, no, that because that'd be Vision. <laughs> that'd be fucking Paul Bettany and uh, what's right. it called, Da Vinci Code, <laughs> albino right, right. fuck. Yeah, slapping his back, <laughs> cat o nine tails. But, you know, overall, like. The what the thing I really dug was the whole uh, Stevens the the. Dick Van Dyke British one, right? Right. Mary Poppins. Um, a little bit. Every now and then I was just like, oh, Oscar. Like, it wasn't so much the the accent, but it was just the fact they had him throw in these little addendums to what he would be like, oh, hang on, what's here? Oh, what's yeah. over here? Check it out. Oh, you all right? You're oh, all right? All right? I'm yeah. like, okay, okay, we get it. You're British. Oh, okay, we get it. But that performance, man, especially when you get to the end and he's literally just bromancing with himself. I'm like, okay, this I actually really like of just the story of a dude who has to make uh, amends with himself like that whole story where you find out spoilers fucking spoilers yeah. that it's fucking he made him out of this trauma from his mom just being this drunken nightmare and that was the f I laughed so hard at that I feel like such a monster because it was such a dad role you yeah. know what I mean but they flipped it again for the same reason that they hired a lot of Muslims to make the show <laughs> and but I was like, like I, I, I don't know me and me and Dylan were like, high five, finally, once it's an abusive mom, the story's being told. The story's being told. Which brings us right back to Amber Heard. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> That's going to follow her to the end of her career. Like, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can I just, I got I to gotta say, I got to say, just to spin back onto that for a second, it, it feels cathartic, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm. It's like I know, like there's social movements happening all over the world right now, which are very incredibly important. But you're not allowed to talk about the shades of gray without being cast as a right wing troll, right? Mm. You're not allowed to talk about 
you know, sort like like you know, dumb white blonde Karen cunts. <laughs> you know, I don't know your your them. J.K. Rowling's, your <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres's, right. your Amber Heard's, <laughs> and it's nice to see one of them getting a comeuppance. Oh, a lot way. of them now, like it, yeah. uh, you know, like I, 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 it, it's. It, I don't know. It. it, 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 it <laughs> so, I know now, it's hard to navigate. Now this, I'm isn't just it? doing all the greatest hits of like what's happened. The poet. Did you see the put the fucking what happened to Chappelle the other day? Oh yeah, he got <laughs> fucking got tackled. His Thanks, crew, Will Smith. His crew. Yeah, exactly. Crew yeah. though. Did you see what they did to the dude who jumped oh, up they on stage? Beat the fuck out of him. Dislocated his fucking arm. It's like coming out perpendicular to his torso yeah. now. They curb stomped his ass. Chris Rock jumps on stage. Was that Will Smith? He says, yeah. and I'm like, there you go. That was like a perfect arc from the Oscars to now. Like now, people know you don't fucking jump on stage and assault a comedian because you might yeah. get your arm popped out of the fucking socket. Yeah, exactly. It does set a fucked up precedent, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No. It, it, I felt bad for a lot of comedians being like, can I even go on a stage right now after that bullshit? Right. Like, what the hell? But now, you know, same with Amber Heard. It's kind of like, okay, it, it went from yes, the Me Too movement we need to listen to these women's cries to like all of a sudden it's like uh i don't i think someone's i'm not saying everyone but i think some people are being exploitive of this cause and right. taking advantage of it and now it's kind of like we have fucking hardcore proof that some yeah. of these people are fucking terrible that well, just because yeah you lack a y chromosome you're not a saint yeah, and it's, I think it shifted away because the beginning of the and again I think in the real world ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time believe the women in Hollywood <laughs> I think that that stat goes to about fifty fifty because all the everyone's worst fucking insane yeah and, exactly and so worst people but I, I do like like the blind like we no matter what we have to believe is sort of starting to get chipped away at yes. which is important for actual justice yes no absolutely <laughs> absolutely. But so, anyways, uh, having said that, having said that, um, can I talk a little bit about Moon Knight? Go about. Go uh, about. You, you go, 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 <laughs> get it. Get it. Big fucking egg salad sandwich. <laughs> That's an in joke. I'm not going to even explain that. Um, this sounds so homoerotic. Sounds now. so yeah. Big creamy egg yolks. <laughs> <laughs> That's just for us, not you That's guys. For us. <laughs> Never you mind. Mm. Um, Moon Knight seemed like I didn't know a lot about the character Moon Knight he came around after my time with comics but it seemed pitch perfect for Chris Carson right it's like an Egyptian superhero it's set in Cairo it's like my fucking lifelong fascination with Egypt which led me to even go there a few years ago and then have an embarrassingly idiotic explanation of it on a podcast the buildings were really tall Oh. Also, you might have brought back a curse with you. Also, I might have brought back a curse with me. But um, it seemed pitch perfect for me. And then the first couple episodes, I was like, oh, and it's about like multiple personality disorder, which mm. has fascinated me since I got into psychology as a kid. Did you watch, sorry to interrupt, but did you watch Legion? No. It it was almost like an MCU, like a, a Legion light, because that it deals with a similar thing of like what happens when a superhero has like multiple personality disorder or like okay. and it it was that's what also got me in the first couple of episodes. I'm like, this is cool. This is really cool. And then the episode where I went, What the fuck is happening right now was the one where they went to the Council of Avatars. Yes. I was like, This is insane. Like and it even looks like a really shitty set. 
and it's all these people like overacting and what is happening right now and the th- the nail in the coffin for me going i don't think i liked moon knight at the end of the day was the stupid ass hippo <laughs> <laughs> Because the whole time I was thinking, how awesome would it have been if she'd been just this grumpy, fucking irritated, all I do all day is drive souls back and forth, fuck off. And then maybe a little arc for the hippo that it's like, well, I like you, I'll help you. But just this, hello, it was the female equivalent of of Mark, or of uh, Steven, in hippo form. Steven. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. Of this upbeat British hippos, all polite and flicking her ears. It's like, this is something out of a child's cartoon. Like, what the fuck is happening with this hippo? We gotta keep in (laughs) mind, like, these things are kind of meant for like young they adults are. like when i the second they i saw are. the talking hippo i'm like okay i, I forget this is on disney this you is know? for disney it's for kids it's but for, yeah the talking hippo seemed to, to take it even farther for kids like instead of being for 14 year olds it seemed like it was for eight year olds I'm it, like, what i think what? it just felt like shock value for me because like we've, we're getting to a place in marvel where like okay we, we've done cosmic we've done asgard we're getting into other gods and mythology now if we're going to do egyptian gods like it, it that's how it read to me especially oh dude <sighs> I, I i i know i sound grumpy i didn't I, I think i enjoyed the show a little bit more than you do like i didn't hate it like again like you i had no expectations for moon knight i know of the Mm. character so i was just like all right if this is what he's about then this is what he's about i know nothing about this universe so i can't be disappointed right um having said that like whenever you have two kaiju gods in the big finale just punching each other (laughs) (laughs) like really that's the they're these massive otherworldly beings and that's the height of their abilities they just bite each other yeah they tussle and roll around i'm like okay like yeah i I, I just felt like the the design of those gods it was like we don't like look at these things like, look at Anubis. How do we make this convincing? You know what I mean? Like, how, look at Osiris. It's literally animal heads on human bodies. So this is the best we could do is, like, this weird Lion King almost looking mashup, thing. you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm and sure it made is- the furry community very happy. Oh, yeah. I, I came three times. Um, <laughs> but, and again, like like you said, like, it's cool. Bring in the Egyptian pantheon. It looks like the new Thor movie is going to have, like, <sighs> Mount Olympus and everything in it. So it's like the, the pantheon of gods is, is, oh, they're just interdimensional beings of some fashion. And that's great. That's cool. But the execution of it was so silly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so silly. It was interesting that they went that comic with it, that she was so, like, like bubbly over the top yeah. even their reaction at the tail end of that episode where they freak out they comically start screaming oh hello you know? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But as soon as that happened I went what show am I this was so serious this was I, dealing with like mental trauma but that brings me to my next point do you think maybe that was a choice because they're like we're dealing with a drowning kid and an abusive mother in this episode we have to inject some levity so here's a hippo that's a weird choice, though. That is like it's can, Disney, can, dude. Again, they're I not know, subtle. <laughs> I know, but that's such a like. It's be, it would be like. Can we get a stand-up routine that Schindler visits in Schindler's List? Can we just have a moment where we can all have a good laugh? But is they that, always do that. That's the Marvel <laughs> method. Is that anytime it gets a little too real, you undercut it with a joke. So yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it was a producer note. Like they're like, this episode's pretty intense. Like we need a little bit of levity. Maybe just brighten, give her a couple of like perky lines to brighten up this character a little maybe, bit. I don't, that's how I read it. Maybe that's Kathleen Kennedy still lurking, <laughs> being like, make Obi Wan happy. Um, <laughs> fun hippos. Obi Wan don't look happy. You see him going all fucking Punisher in a prison. Yeah, Obi Wan. 
Did you hear that though? That the first ra- that's why the delay happened. Oh, wasn't it he, supposed to be like it, I heard it was too close to uh, Mando. It was like him and Baby Luke. There was that, mm-hmm. but the, there was the as- there was the aspect that uh, it was going to be like a, a Mando adventure with Luke and 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 Obi Wan. Then they were like, "That's too close to our show." But then Kathleen Kennedy came in and said, "These scripts are too dour as well. We need to inject hope into a Star Wars show." And uh, everyone was just like, "But this is this is set between." Episode three and four. This is the darkest time, especially for this, that character. For this character, yeah. and Kathleen Kennedy wanted it to be hopeful. And who knows? At the end, like, I mean, all of her decisions have panned out so well <laughs> up till now. <laughs> maybe, maybe this will be the one that that works. But we'll see. Hey, man, listen. You, you got, you got, you got Ewan McGregor coming back. You got the others. Like, ridiculous. <laughs> like, I know. Yeah, that's the thing too. Is that it's. Hayden Christensen in the suit. I'm like, uh, oh yeah, remember those 14 seconds he did in Revenge of the Sith? Riveting. Yeah, that was riveting. great. <laughs> but it seems so like I don't know why they can't be subtle in any level. Like you, a six episode miniseries event with Obi Wan Kenobi. You don't need galaxy hopping Jedi hunters and this huge like you don't need it all looks, that shit. It looks like a lot, huh? It looks too much. Yeah. It's just too much shit crammed in. Because like, and, I, I, I don't want to be like, you know, the the old curmudgeon, but I fucking am because I'm wearing a goddamn cardigan and I got gray's people. I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, you know, I think all of us, when we were kids, we always pictured when Ben Kenobi touched down on Tatooine, he stayed there watching Luke Skywalker. It was like, no, no, he pieced out every now and then to go fucking off world to fight sure, Inquisitors yeah. and all that. I'm like, I don't. That never occurred to me. That ne- it really feels that like you're just shoehorning yeah. in a story there. <laughs> yeah, and like if you want, like six episodes too goes by quick, especially if they're going to be like forty-five minute episodes, which it seems to be the standard for all these shows. Mm. Um, you could have done a tight little story about Obi Wan just dealing with you know a gang of raiders trying to get the Owens farm or something, and, and stretch well, that out. It I didn't mean, have sh- to be so galactic. You if know? It, I guess it would be expensive, but I'm like. They don't look that old, these guys, like Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. Mm-hmm. Just do a Clone Wars episode. You get yeah. fucking Rosario Dawson. Just you know how much the fans like that's if you want fucking fans to lose their shit, just be like or even like in the Kenobi show, just do a flashback. Maybe there will be. Who knows? Maybe there will be. Who there knows? are inquisitors, so there are inquisitors. But like I'm telling you, man, just just Give people the fucking hating Clone Wars show and actually show them being friends for once. For just two seconds? <laughs> just yeah. two goddamn seconds. I don't I know remember if... when you fell into that nest of nightmares, Master. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> My wig is terrible. Um... <laughs> My beard is atrocious. That was George Lucas's pubes glued onto fucking... It, what's going on? His face. You know? I, I think th- that was a pickup shot, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Because yeah, they were like, these guys don't seem friendly at all. You have to fucking fix yeah. this. You can see, you can watch that movie for uh, Obi-Wan's fake beard crops up quite a bit. You know, oh, yeah. oh, the pube beard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's the hairline for me. Because like, yeah. in the next scene, like whenever he's like, what? We're here to blah, 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 blah. His hair's like by his neck. And then in that shot, the <laughs> so it's a guy, by, it's down by his shoulders. They gave him like a yeah. Jesus wig. And I'm like, whoa, yeah, yeah, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. Yeah. And he doesn't move his mouth as much because he doesn't want to get rid of the spirit glue surrounding his face <laughs> with the beard on it. Yeah. Oh, which reminds me. Happy 20th birthday, Attack of the Clones. Yeah, Attack of the Clones came 20 years ago. Back when even shitty Star Wars could invoke uh, uh, an opening night Padawan Bray tucked behind my ear. Oh my god. Going to see the movie. Is there a picture of that? No. I did, <laughs> uh, 
No, <laughs> you, gl- yeah, yeah. you glossed over yeah. that quick. <laughs> no, no, I went. I went to the right before it came out. It was kind of a half a joke because it came out when we were old enough, or I was old enough to be a drunken stoner at school, sure. right? So it was kind of half a joke, but half we were all we're like, "Hey, maybe they'll fix it. Maybe this will be really good." And I went to the dollar store and I bought an extension, a braid extension. And then I went to an old ass Greek barber and I had really long hair. And I went and I put a hunk of the hair in a ponytail at the back and said, cut everything around that ponytail. And he was like, what? And I went, cut it all around the ponytail. And he was so fucking confused. And, uh, and I tucked the braid behind my ear and I had a Padawan haircut for the fucking premiere. And then I imme- I got home that night and went, cut, <laughs> cut it off. <laughs> I was like, oh, right. Like, halfway through the movie, you just start pawing at the braid, trying to tuck (laughs) it into your shirt. Like, (laughs) oh, Jesus Christ. Is he riding that thing with the fat ass? Oh, my God. (laughs) Dexter Jetster. Okay. It's the 50s? Oh, boy. Happy 20th, you piece of garbage. It'll never look better than when you shot it because it was shot on digital and cannot be remastered. It it looks rough. Yeah. Looks like uh, PlayStation One cutscenes. You know what I will say though, because I was looking at clips of it the other day. It does have a brighter color palette than anything I've watched out of Marvel in the last like thirteen years. It's nice, right? There's actual colors in that movie. I'll give it that much. I think that was because of the digital, right? I believe so. Sean Digital back then would essentially come out black and white, so everything had to come out, come uh, be done in post. But and also like in those movies, like in, the, in this episode two specifically, they went so full tilt with like the ca- with the costumes and the sets and everything. Like that movie, I think is the most ambitious out of the the prequels to me, and it's the it, worst one. Like it's yeah. just it's so much that you're like, yeah. I don't know what's going on. And, and, and like Star Wars is usually pretty linear, and that one to me is just like. A, there's a bounty hunter trying no, to kill makes, her. Makes no, no sense whatsoever. And then a secret army that we never figure out why is the, it just none of it makes any fucking sense. But it's just it's it's it, the production value like of that movie is insane. Well, yeah, it's so crazy because everything on like in real world was so heightened. The the all the miniatures they built. There was yeah. not a lot of CGI backgrounds. It was a lot of miniatures. Yeah. And the, the actors were superimposed on it. All the costumes and blah 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 blah. And then. The worst fucking cameras at the time, the best. <laughs> the, and every scene is a slow digital zoom. Every shot is Holy a digital zoom. Shit. And it's so ugly and stupid and I awful. Can't awful. Damn it. Once you notice it yeah. in that movie, it's it's unwatchable. Those slow zooms are just yeah. so cringy. <laughs> Post production zooms never look good. No. Ever. No, it, it, it reminds me of like, you know, now with widescreen TVs, people probably don't remember the pan and scan versions of VHS. Yes, but like, that's it what is. it, it feels like where it just oscillates in the frame and you're just like, oh, please stop. Yeah, for those of you under 40, <laughs> on old VHSs, when they go full frame, they had to do a digital, like they actually move the, the frame around yeah. to fit into the square of your TV and it just looked like garbage the worst i can't remember what film i what movie it was but like if it was a scene where you had a head-on shot of two characters sitting in a car talking you had two options you could either cut back and forth between the two of them or even worse they would pan back and forth between the two of them and it was scan oh god i hated it it looks so bad if they didn't want to step on the toes of the integrity of the original shot by cutting they'll just move the camera (laughs) it's it it was brutal you know 
But, but um, yeah, man, Moon, moon Knight. Knight. <laughs> yeah, Moon Knight. I don't know. Fuck it, yeah, Moon Knight. I'm trying, uh, like, I'm trying to think, like, yeah, that one episode about his childhood was the one where I'm like, okay, this is some great story writing. I'm enjoying the fuck out of this. The rest of it just didn't get me, man. Like the yeah. whole thing about Tarawet, um, uh, 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 Ethan Hawke trying to free Tarawet, and once he did, she gobbled up some souls, and then Conchu beat her up. Conchu's not a good guy. I, I like the personification of Conchu, F. Murray Abraham playing one of the worst gods ever. Yeah. That I yeah. like, you know, like the, for just being like a talking bird skull head, they were able to get a lot of character out of that dude. I, and I really like that too, that he was so old and embittered that he yeah. rotted yeah. into a skull. Yeah. He, he wasn't was a, the bird anymore. Yeah. And he, that was really cool. I thought, yeah, and it's the idea he's just like, he's scorned by like fucking up, like all the gods are just like, you are just like the the one who, we, you just the fuck up of all of us and we can't yeah. have you going around. I like that, you know, that for once it's not a superhero who's doing the right thing. It's like, no, he's kind of the worst. <laughs> like yeah. he's, a, he's an avatar Jake, from one of the worst dudes. Like Mark Spector seems like an okay guy, even though he's a m- bloodthirsty fucking killer, but... The, the way worse is the Egyptian god embodying him. Exactly. So I think it would be kind of interesting if they kind of add him to the roster of villains going he forward does rather en- than heroes. But he does enjoy killing, though. That's the thing. That's the problem. Who? Mark, Mark Spector. Con- you Mark remember Spector. that he says that, well, that has that one line. That's one of the parts I like where he kind of realizes he needs Steven because he's like a little bit more of a reluctant, pragmatic, educated dude. He's like, I am a killer. I, well, I can't mm-hmm. remember what part. I think it's whenever they actually show him pledge his soul to Conchu. He's just like... On some level, he, I can't remember, I'm paraphrasing the line, but he's like, he actually enjoys it. Because I remember, like, that True, makes yeah. that character kind of <clears throat> cool at that point. Mm-hmm. And I think that could still be under the umbrella of anti-hero, but I wanted to see him just be a fucking villain. And I know well, in the comics he's an anti-hero, but it would be funny if live action, he was like, oh, he's going to join up with uh, Kang and Con- the Conqueror. Or, or something, uh, you know what's what I mean? her name? Uh, Countess Von Elaine. <laughs> Countess Von Elaine. <laughs> I can't yeah. remember her name now. Uh, yeah. make, making her super team. But then you, yeah. you also got your what, Jake Lockley at the end. That's the yeah. new Mark Sp- the new Oscar Isaac p- personality. That's because that's he has the three in the comic. But even though I, I know that from my brief looking up of, of this character, I know that he started off as like a, a werewolf hunter. Okay. So that was why he was called Moon Knight. Because he went out on full moons and he hunted werewolves, and that was like the extent of his character. He was like this one-off in like Strange Tales or something in like the mm-hmm. 90s or 80s, and then he was reinvented like three or four times to reach his current iteration of being a multiple personality disorder uh, Egyptian god vessel. That's not how he started at all. If you notice in the first episode, the the creature that uh, Ethan Hawke summons is like a werewolf, and that was a little uh, bit of a, a wink okay. to his origins. <clears throat> But I want to see Werewolf Hunter. <laughs> well, there's a be... delightful film uh, starring uh, uh, one Hugh Jackman called Van Helsing. Oh, my God. Uh, about, I actually uh, tried to watch that. <laughs> it was on Netflix or something, and I was bored, and I was like, I'll throw this on for five minutes. And I went, what, th- what are they doing? First time? What, no, it was. I saw it once in theaters. Oh, I'm sorry. And I just I don't, had no memory of it whatsoever, and other than like a Frankenstein Muppet man running around being a good guy yep, that's correct that's correct he's a good guy and, he's oh misunderstood and, and faramir from lord of the rings playing the the, the sidekick the dorky sidekick my like, favorite oh my god that's right that's right my it's favorite faramir. part of that movie is whenever i think it's the igor character falls off a cliff and oh, dies igor. and he's holding that pike 
but he's clearly just standing on a green screen, yeah. turning around, going, ah, and they're yeah. pulling away from him. It's one of the greatest shots in cinema so history. So ridiculous. I fucking love that movie for being so trashy. <laughs> it's so bad. It was like the era of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yes, it was. When they, were, they were trying, it was the era of comic book movies are being made, but fuck comic books. They're stupid, so how can we make them not stupid for movies? But it was kind of the attitude of producers, it, it seems. Ironically, ended up being more stupid. Right? <laughs> like, right? like, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, it gave birth to, like, the Zack Snyder level of, like, no, this is cool. This is yeah, cool. Yeah. No, this is working. It's like, no, no, good. no it's not. That was, that was Stephen Summers, right? That was his follow-up to The Mummy. That's why he didn't do The Mummy 3. It was the Van Helsing, wasn't it? He went it? off or, to make Van Helsing? I think... I don't know if, if he did it between mummies or if that was the reason he didn't do the third mummy, but it was the, the mummy guy. Oh, no. Who did Van Helsing. First of all, Hugh Jackman does not match the charm of Brendan Fraser, so you're missing out on your male lead there. Let's just start mm. there. All right? He does angry well. He does angry well. He yeah yeah. Like I'm thinking of like like what, uh, you ever watch Prisoners? Oh fuck, I love Prisoners. Like him in that movie is like more terrifying than Wolverine. He cannot oh, yeah. be the charm of Rick O'Connell. He just can't no. hold it down. Because when he plays like smarmy good guy, he comes off more smarmy than good guy. Mm. Like he comes off as more of an asshole than he does because he's he's so angry all the time, right? So he always has this bubbling rage under the surface. So if he's playing like the Indiana Jones, Rick O'Connell kind of a dipshit, he just comes off as an asshole, <laughs> right? Well, that's speaking the- of assholes, ah, mm. uh, uh, yes, I talked to my doctor, so it turns out it's polyps. It and is polyps. Okay, yeah. I just wanted to make sure. I th- I didn't know how to ask. Yeah, and I thought maybe that was the easiest. No, way I'm to glad ask. you told you chose this public forum to, to yeah. discuss it. Yeah. Hey, you watching Better Call Saul? Oh, I have been on an unrelated topic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The uh, first four, four episodes. Four episodes. Four. Yeah. Um, of this the final season of Better Call Saul, a show that's been going on only since 2015. I don't know why it's felt longer. But the final season, although as I, I, we we talked briefly and when I gave you a call the other day about it, uh, so we'll retread some territory. But I hate when they call it the final season when there's going to be like six months between the the first six episodes and the last second six episodes because that's almost the amount of time between an actual season of a show. You know what I mean? So you're saying like, it's like almost like two mini seasons. It's it's yeah, it's four episodes shy of a full season, but it's the second last season in terms of how long you have to wait until you see the final scene from Better Call Saul. It will be the same amount of time as if this was season six and we still had season seven to go. But they split it into two so they can do all they get the whole mish marketing machine running and and sell all the fucking whatever they sell. And probably also you get and, you get the Emmy push for twenty you get the Emmy push. Yeah. You know? So I hate when they split seasons because it always kills the 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 thrust of the narrative when they hack they did it with Mad Men they did it with Breaking Bad they did it with fucking everything they do it now they did it with Harry Potter (laughs) (laughs) oh that first one where they're just camping for fucking three hours (laughs) oh yeah riveting riveting so stupid but Saul I don't know we had a good little talk about Saul and and I think my opinion hasn't changed much Mm. Um, do you want me to just go off on it um, so, well, let's do a recap. So, so far what we've had is Nacho, Varga, sold out, Lalo Salamanca, presumed dead after the cartel shootout. Yeah. And meanwhile, Jimmy's still working on burning Howard Hamlin 
for, which over isn't the, his idea. It's Jimmy's it's, broken. Mm. Like like all the I was rewatching some of the first season. Jimmy's as a character is just the most sad, broken little man now. Right. Whereas the show started with him being very flamboyant and fun and interesting, and now he's just uh, a vessel for everyone else to Breaking Bad around him. Yeah. And that's boring to me because the show's called Better Call Saul. <laughs> I found when they brought Gus Fring in like two seasons ago, I was like, "Fuck this!" I I, I love that character. And I've seen that character perfectly portrayed and perfectly brought to an end of his arc by getting blowed up yeah. by the guy in the wheelchair. I don't want to see an older, fatter version pretending to be a younger, skinnier <laughs> version, knowing full well how his story ends, so I have no ties to him at all. You know, it's like there's like, no sense of like in no, danger or anymore. Right. Yeah. Like anytime he's and, in like a, a situation where his life's at risk, you're like, he's going to be fine. <laughs> he's going to be fine. Mike's going to be fine. Everyone's going to be fine. Yeah. And that's the problem. That's the main problem with prequels, which is why I think it's kind of shitty now that they're going so breaking bad with Better Call Saul. It's so dour. It's so depressing. It's so violent. Well, and it's like it also makes the universe so small. I'm like everything small. Everything is just about pretty much the Salamanca cartel family is just spurring on everything in Albuquerque, New York. It's just everyone's connected to this fucking this fucking horrible family. And that was just the assholes that Walt happened to have an in with Mm. through Jesse Mm. in like the first season because there was a bunch of other cartels by the end after he killed Gus. Right. And then the white supremacists and all these gangs. And it's like, what? You had a uh, you had a really good point where you uh, were like Breaking Bad used to have a do a great job at balancing the yes the the the, 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 the violence and like the shocking you know crude like the the, the horror of, of it man I, I am so off today <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> the the show with the people remember when the skeleton fell through the ceiling. Um, well, the point that I used was in the final episode of Breaking Bad, as we all know, there's a great scene where Walt's trying to get his money to his kids, so he goes to his old business partners, and, he th- and it's the most intimidating fucking scene. He's gone full Mike. Yes. He's walking in. If you're going to take a shot, take a shot. And then he, he's going to need a bigger sign- knife. He's going to be a bigger knife. He signals. Fucking big-eared Elliot weirdo. Yeah. Fuck. And sniper beams go on the couple, and it's all shocking, and you're like, oh, my God. And literally the next scene, you see the two dipshit Skinny drug dealers. Skinny Badger jump in the car with laser pointers and that is Breaking Bad yep. in a nutshell yeah. like super heavy drama with absolutely ridiculous insanity Saul also was always like, part of that insane comedy side yeah. of Breaking Bad so it's weird to see them now using only the dour side to tell the rest of Saul's story it's interesting because like it it kind of made sense for Walt because Walt was like Ned Flanders who turned into uh, you know Tony Mantania. Exactly. So it he made had those sen- two sides. Yeah. So it made sense for him to be like my favorites. Whenever I think it might be in one of the very last episodes, whenever Jesse dumps the gas all over the house, he's about to burn it down. So Walt has to yeah, make yeah. up that bullshit story. He's like, and I pour it all over the floor and my my groin, and it's like you're a Heisenberg motherfucker, and yeah, you're yeah, talking yeah. like a goofball. It's hilarious. But with Saul, there's not. I find it's very dichotomous it's very split up like all the intense action happens with Mike and Gus and the Salamancas all the comedies over here with Jimmy and Kim while they you know forge evidence and you know try to screw over Hamlin and, and all their little schemes and shit like that I'm like it's it feels like almost two different shows and like and they're, they're not, not dovetailing they're not they're meshing not... together like now Lalo's no. showing up in their life but it's like it's 
I guess. Yeah, sure. We I'm, can we I'm, can go there. <laughs> there might be some forced moment in the in the second half of the season where everything kind of comes together, but I kind of feel like there isn't if by as evidenced by the rest of the show so far, those two universes have been so separate, Mike's universe and Saul's universe. Mm. So what's the point of Mike's universe in a show called Better Call Saul if it's not dovetailing into if it's not heavily influencing Saul's story? Here's a, a point. Remember how lean Breaking Bad was? You said it best, and I still use the example. They threw a dart, five seasons later, it hit a bullseye. And the only, there's so little fat on that show, you can point out the moment of fat on mm. Breaking Bad, which was uh, Marie's kleptomania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Made no sense, didn't add to the overall narrative. It was just a weird little side story to give the character something to do, and they dropped it quick because yeah. of that. That's all Better Call Saul is. yeah. That's yeah. all it is, is the kleptomania storyline, where nothing really matters. Why did he go work for that one company for a while and then and then want to get fired and then shit on it? He Amber Herded, remember? Saw <laughs> <laughs> Amber Herded in one of the bathrooms and didn't flush to get himself fired. And then remember the whole thing with, um, oh my goodness, Huel. The, he yeah. got in trouble with the cops, so he, had to, he went down south and had all these people write fake letters to get him bailed out. It's like, but what that contribute overall i guess like yeah, it's all nothing. inching him closer to being saul goodman it's putting him more on the on the wrong side of the law but it's like but anything i, I, I guess that. that and again I, we, we've said this before i think on the saul podcast the the journey of of ned flanders becoming a drug king point kingpin is much more interesting than a yes. lawyer becoming a criminal lawyer and i i think whenever they they threw mike in in the first season by having me the toll booth operator, they were like, listen, we're going to need Mike just to spice it up a little bit. Remember, they used to interact a lot more. It was a lot more like, I need your help with this. Well, now you owe me a favor, so I need you to do this. And they went back and right, forth. Right. And I then to explain how he knew him, too, from Breaking Bad. Yeah, exactly. And But now they've they've definitely kind of drifted apart. And it's just kind of like, well, now it's it really feels like they're like, shit, we should have just made the Mike show. And now we right. don't know what to do with Jimmy. Like, motherfucker. Um, and then my, my counterpoint is how great would it have been if they'd said, we're not just going to redo the beats from Breaking Bad to make Breaking Bad 2.0. We did mm-hmm. that show. Let's make a three-camera, half-hour sitcom set in, in Saul's office. Every week's a different <laughs> client, and every week has a different dark fucking moment. You know what I mean? <laughs> like So how the outrageous comedy surrounds some seed of violence and insanity that that terrifies Saul, but then right back into like ridiculous comedy would have been so much fun. Uh, I, I think you put so much. You were like, just get the Mister Show guys to do yeah. it. Yeah, David Cross, get the guy who marched on the Capitol, who voices Jimmy Pesto. <laughs> but but. That would have been so different, right? Mm-hmm. It would have been so fun because it would have been so different and interesting. And I don't know. It's strange now, also, because uh, right before, uh, I think it was before the last season started, Heather and I did Breaking Back, because she's never seen it before, and it's it's weird. I, I might have said this before, but bears repeating that, like how much this the Better Call Saul's changed his character. Like as much as I'm enjoying the show, I love the performances, I love all yeah. the actors and stuff. It's but it's just like. <laughs> the first time we meet Saul Goodman, he's literally walking out of his office after his secretary, like, look at that booty. <laughs> and you're like, wait, yeah. but you, you helped her out and you were her friend, according to the prequel. And you've been and friends you're not a playing the character, right? If yeah. The whole idea, the whole idea, this is a mask. Yeah. No one was around. You were just doing that. Are you just doing that? And again, she knows what you're like behind the scenes. So what the fuck was that? So it's just weird how it's changed his character that like underneath like because you know Saul to me was always like 
Barry Zuckercorn from Arrested Development or your Lionel Hutz from The Simpsons. Yes, party, where that's he's a fun character. Some it's a fun don't character. Have depth. You know, he's just a, he's a goofy lawyer, but like he's actually surprisingly really good at his job. Yeah. But now he's like he's lost his brother, and he was involved he's with so the cartel, bad. and he's so layered. I'm like, oh, this is just sad now. Yeah. <laughs> this poor guy. Not, then this fucking fun. idiot. This like again, this fucking high school teacher turned drug kingpin ruins his life. He's like, dude, I had a good thing going. I worked so hard to get this office, and you yeah. fucked it all up. Fucked it all up. <laughs> And you know it's going to be Kim that gets him to go talk to Walt. You know that's going to dovetail into Breaking Bad. It's getting too close. Because we even, they we even saw the said, labs pretty much done. They said they were coming back. I was hoping it's just going to be a flashback, but like I, I don't know. I think we both kind of called mm, bullshit during El Camino. Whenever remember at one point there was a news report where they're like Heisenberg is presumed to be dead. I'm like, why did you pick the word presumed to be? Like the, Did they, they say presumed? I they thought they said, just said was dead. Was dead? I don't know. Because it, uh, it feels like those black and white flashbacks are going to Saul looking for Walt's help. I th- here's my here's my opinion. I don't I don't think Walt's going to show up like that. I think mm. the show will uh, run because they said you're go- you're going to watch Breaking Bad differently now, and I hate when they say that because it, they usually fuck that up, and you watch it not as good <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> Um, Star Wars, for example, but um, <laughs> I'm Boba Fett. I think the second half of this season is going to take place during the events of Breaking Bad. I think mm. we're going to see that Kim, which is such a a lame choice, because they they were rocking a hard place. They were like Kim was there to be his motivation, but now we're in a world where we can't have a female lead be a male lead's motivation. So we're going to give her the spotlight. And it's not because she's a female lead that that's irritating. If they gave the spotlight to Nacho over Saul, it'd be, what the fuck are you doing, right? It's Saul. It, the show's called Better Call Saul. Yeah, yeah. He should be mastering his own fucking fate here and not sure. just be a product of everyone else. But um, I think it's going to run in correspondence. And I think Saul's black and white thing is he's going to go, his breaking bad will be he's going to go kill those guys that spotted him because yeah. he's, like I said, he's been in the passenger seat. For everything so far, right. between his brother and between Kim, I think that's where the black and white's going to go. That he's finally going to take control of his own destiny and probably die He does say, this is something I have it. to do myself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. And he's probably going to die doing it. Which is, again, just fucking like, oh. I know. <laughs> Poor Lionel Hutz. <laughs> I know. I just want... We got the cl- in the most recent episode. We got the closest thing to what the entire show should have been was his wacky hijinks of stealing um, Namaste. Um, oh what's my his god, uh, Howard! Howard's car and with the hooker. Who moves a cone? And, yeah, who moves a cone? It's like if the whole series had been this—a series of like hilarious adventures with the sleazebag lawyer. I'm in, but you're so dramatic. I don't like the idea that I'm going to watch Breaking Bad and go, he's a master actor playing a role as right. Saul Goodman. It's like, what? No, it's fucking stupid. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, it, it feels like this one is a little less coherent than Breaking Bad. Like you said, like there's oh, a lot yeah. of fat in it. Like Perfect example, like Nacho was one of your lead characters. And the fact that spoilers, they blew his head off like three episodes into the final season. And I I think I said this to you before. We were just like uh, in that universe, everyone, whenever they met their final demise or exited the show, it felt earned. You know, like whether it was Hank or Mike or Gus or, you know, every single death felt like, okay, that was satisfactory. I can't know what to do with Nacho. They Obi-Wan Nacho. They just know what the fuck to do. I really felt I don't. 
other than putting um, Hector in the chair, was that his arc? Like that's his, his arc, I guess. That's yeah. it, right? That's safe. That's okay. And like you know, I did like that little speech he gives him where he's like, every time you're in that chair, you will picture me. And this, you see his eyes flare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking great. But I'm like, but it was a little too little too late for me like yeah. I'm like that's it that's all that's I love that character I was one of my favorite characters and that's how that's all he gets he didn't even keep his dad safe because no matter how that went down Mike was going to keep his dad safe right so him killing himself wasn't like a catalyst to keep his dad safe so that arc didn't even complete I feel himself. like killing himself was just there was no other way out. He did want to give them the satisfaction, maybe. Of killing them. Sure, I guess, but for for the overall show, that doesn't mm. make a lot no, of sense. No, I know, I know. It, it, it just felt very unsatisfi- unsatisfying. I was like, really? That's 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 it? it. It's getting really El Camino vibes this season, where I'm like, I'm enjoying this. I love this universe. I love the dialogue. I love the way it looks. But when it's every, every time it's over, I'm like, but what, not, nothing, nothing, nothing was really... really. Yeah, it really yeah. happened. Like yeah. Saul didn't well, really make any like like that's and then yeah, now that you put it that way, you're absolutely right. Where I'm like, yeah, he doesn't really take the initiative and in his own destiny much. And maybe that's the point of that character is he's been pushed around a lot. But I'm like, really, then that's not interesting. His comeuppance is that in the last ten seconds of the season, he's going to be like, no, not anymore. Right? And he's so much more full of life in the first few seasons, too. And like I said to you, it's been almost a decade since that show started. We've changed as people. Bob so Odenkirk maybe... did have a fucking heart attack from exhaustion. Oh, I was going <laughs> to mention that. making this fucking season, so maybe that has something to do with it. Did you notice, like, like it's a very subtle thing when an actor isn't into the role or if they're sick or whatever, how they just can't get that, like, subconscious energy quite up. Okay. You know, it's, it's almost like they're dragging their feet in their performance a little bit unintentionally and did you notice when he went just even like watch the scenes back and back to back when he goes to the 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 clerk woman at the courthouse with the beanie baby and stuffy (laughs) he's so subdued but he's trying to be Saul but he's so subdued in doing it and I'm like I wonder if his Saul will get better after the heart attack you know what I mean? Like maybe he was just exhausted and his heart was hurting him and he mm. was having trouble sleeping and he couldn't get that performance up to the level that Saul should be at. Right. Even with first season, go back to the first season episode where he's doing the same thing in the very first episode and he's so much more animated and he's so much more like Saul Goodman. And it's like, but you're getting closer to Saul Goodman, yet you're acting <laughs> less like right, Saul right. Goodman. Once so again, maybe, the, the effects of the real world timeline fucking with the fictional one. With the fictional one. It's hey, <laughs> as, you, as you pointed out, everyone just gets wider. <laughs> wider and more exhausted. <laughs> wider, yeah. Yeah. Even like Gus seems, he's still so fat and tired. He's just fat and tired. Listen, that dude has been pumping out a fucking intense performance across like several different shows. That same monotone, creepy stare. Yeah. Uh, he's definitely a one note kind of actor. He it has wor- this one note. Uh, excuse me, bugging out and fucking bugging do the right thing. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank oh, you shit. very much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, if also, I, I, uh, I, fuck. Uh, a, a movie none of us can watch anymore without being extremely uncomfortable. Uh, usual suspects. He's the cop. Yeah, he's here. He's talking like a Thai hooker. He's one of my. Oh man. Yeah. You know what? The, what the, for me the worst uh, uh, loss of Kevin Spacey being an, an outrageous monster mm. was um, American Beauty. I love that movie because I fucking love that. And movie. it's way too close to home now. It's just like yeah. oh, he's pursuing an underage fe- like child. That's fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that movie, yeah, no, that movie was one of my go-to. Like once a year, I would watch that flick. I know, I love it. 
I love that's that movie. so hard it's so hard to erase that shit out of your brain mm-hmm. it's like new it's like new star trek it's getting hard to enjoy old star trek now because they fucked the bed so they ambered the bed so much <laughs> on new star trek that it's like oh my god you feel see uh, are, are we are we done with Saul? Because now I'm yeah, going to ta- tangent it off. Because I was having that thought there. That what was, like, this is an interesting note to end on. Of like the way they, you know, every, we're never going to stop all this stuff from coming out. And honestly, I don't really care anymore. Because, you know, May the 4th passed and like people were like, did you do anything? I'm like, not really. I posted an obnoxious yeah. video of uh, the Home Shopping Network and they were selling a Jar Jar alarm clock. Because <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> like everyone's sharing their favorite Star Wars moments in these epic fucking lightsabers fights. I remember sharing the most embarrassing low point of the franchise. Um, I morning yes, exactly. That's the one. Um, so anywho, having said that, I'm like, it, none of this takes oh that original three it, the, the movies are so good and you can't take away how happy they made me the friends I've made for it the countless hours I fucking spent obsessing over them that like that, that's why like when the Fett show came out if you told me in high school like they're gonna make a Boba Fett show and it's not gonna be your favorite I probably would have lost my gun like what the fuck are they doing <laughs> fucking Lucasfilm ought to be fucking but now I'm like okay sure it does it does it change one second of a new hope no don't really care like yeah Boba Fett's this guy who trunked around trying to be the mayor but I'm like yeah but an empire he's still just the cool quiet guy so I don't it, it, really does, it doesn't retroactively fuck it up for me. Like, I don't look at Darth Vader and picture a Canadian boy under the mask. I'm like, no, he's still just the guy from my... Is that... Like, I don't know. It, I, it doesn't fuck with the new stuff. The new stuff doesn't fuck with the old I, stuff for me. See, for me, it's gotten to the point where it started to, but, like, it's like a subconscious thing mm-hmm. where where uh, watching... Um, I use Star Trek's more my world than sure. Star Wars. Okay. And I'm going to steal this directly from from another uh, online video that I watched. And they said what I wanted to say. And then I was pissed off that they said what I wanted to say because then I want to say on the podcast. But it's a Picard. The new Picard show is such a piece of shit that now seeing old Picard, you cringe a little. Because you're like, it's it's like... It'd be like if, if the, you had a father that you really respected and then you left for 20 years and he got back and it turns out he was part of Trump's army now. And you're like, <laughs> it makes the memories different now to know that this whole time you were actually like really hated immigrants. I just didn't know it. You know what I mean? Like it changes the flavor of the memories when you can't just block the new memories. Maybe and the example they used mm-hmm. in the show which I, I just want to repeat quickly yeah. is it's the stand it's the stand by me effect okay because you know stand by me it's a bunch of kids who go out to see a dead body they One see the, the dead body and then after they see the dead body they're adults they grow up they see the horrors of the world they see reality their their whimsical childhood self is now dead along with that body and they now know the world for what it is mm-hmm. all this new shit is the dead body <laughs> and I'm on the other side of it now just being like oh right this is all just money and corporate bullshit sure. and all the whimsy that we we got was because we were kids right and now it's the the flavor is so different it's hard to go back and pretend i'm a kid again see i've seen the dead body dc <laughs> like i agree to some uh, to some degree but like I, I, as a music nerd, I think of it this way: like you know, whenever they're fresh and upcoming bands, and they have like no money, and they have that first album that takes them their entire lives to write that first album, 
they get the record deal and then the studio's like okay crank we're gonna, we're gonna sign a four album deal with you guys over the course of the next you know five years you have to do it or whatever the time frame is right and that's when the money comes in and that's whenever mm. it that's when we start to see the change and everything but like the integrity and the passion the artistic talent of that first album it doesn't undersell it for me like it's that's inevitable like if something that's the world we live in if you're the cash me outside girl you're gonna have a 50 million dollar mansion in a couple of years because people fucking suck like that's that's kind of just on us right. is the way we fucking obsess and then capitalize on something and just you know boom we're selling it and then boom we're selling it you know what I mean <laughs> having said that I'm like it doesn't diminish that original thing for me. I, I don't like. I, I think it's a subconscious thing that I can't control. It's yeah, almost absolutely, like yeah. It's like becoming lactose intolerant later sure. in life, and then it makes the memories of eating ice cream a little more bitter. Because yeah. now it just comes spraying out of your ass two seconds later. You know hey, what I mean? You're preaching the choir. I have a <laughs> shot of milk and it's it's game over. But like, I still love me my fucking birthday cake when I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It's it's tainted now. It's like you can't have the one memory without the other. Hmm. It's they're they're inevitably. It, it, ir, irreversibly. I'm interested because like, if that's now. a relative thing, if just like everyone has a different. Because I, I feel like my sister's also in that camp where she's like, I don't fucking care. How she's like, sister, she's like, if I can want she, uh, sorry, Leah, she's <laughs> uh, turning 44 in okay. August, 44. No, 43. Sorry. Oh, my God. Bad math. I think the, the, the bitterness does come with the age, too. Hmm. Yeah. But no, because she, so she gives less fucks than I do. Oh, she gives less fucks. I thought oh, you yeah, said yeah. she was on my side of the No, game. no, no. She gives you, like, she's like, if like uh, uh, if I can put my brain on the wall for, like, 20 minutes to two hours and watch something that makes me forget about the world's on fire, I don't, I don't care. I'm like, oh, yeah. that, I, I, I agree with that. I'm just <laughs> talking about, like, legacy characters being dragged through the mud in contemporary time. But to painting. me, it's, it, it's under the same umbrella. It's like, for perfect example, like, when I sit there and watch The Last of Jedi and I see Luke Skywalker being a hologram with a weird dyed beard, I'm like, but that's this version of him. <laughs> it doesn't Whoa. change empire for me. I get like there was no way this wasn't going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. Uh, I guess I don't know. Star Wars still needs another decade of being dragged through the mud to reach where Star Trek is. But look at the Simpsons. <laughs> They've done like I, I would say like yeah, sixty six percent of the Simpsons now is unwatchable. It, it was really just that first like eight years of the golden era. But people are still talking about how awesome those first eight years were. So I don't know, man. Like. I don't think that, like, Picard's going to take away from, like, you know, Wrath of Khan or, you know, Next Gen or anything. I, no, I don't, it's, just, it's just the character. I've just noticed, for me personally, I don't know if it's, like, a blanket sociological thing, but for me personally, I see, like, I throw on old Star Trek mm. for Talia, and I'm looking at Picard, and I'm just like, man, this character <laughs> sure gets fucked. <laughs> And it's so lame. So funny. I'm just imagining this if it, like, so the the Chris Carson equivalent watching like you know the original Star Trek series, thinking about old man Spock flying around JJ's universe trying to right. rebuild an old fucking Vulcan. Just like fuck you, man. Like I liked I mean, it more when he yeah. just wrestled around shirtless with Uhura for, for fuck's sakes. Maybe maybe it is just my insane brain where like like everything in association with a thing pops into my head when interacting with said thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like maybe like I maybe I just don't have a, a, as good of a mental ability to disassociate as 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 the average person does. But I see Picard, and I just see 
Like, the, the entire seven seasons of Star Trek, the four shitty movies, and the three shitty seasons of Picard all go bloop into a blob <laughs> in my brain. And I'm like, I can't, I can't separate the snot. It's a pile of snot. How do I dig out the boogers that I like? You gotta compartmentalize <laughs> it, dude. It's like, you know, whenever you read a comic book run that you didn't particularly like, like, I don't need to count that one. Or like a <laughs> version of there. Batman you didn't like. It's like, ah, well, just same actor. I don't give a shit if it's still Patrick Stewart. That was just the George Clooney of, of Picard. I'm just gonna and, shove and him over here. To use Patrick Stewart as my as my final talking point of well, it's too late. I've already seen them. It's in there forever now. <laughs> it's too late. But it's too late. You see, it's too late. I've already seen them. Already seen it's them. in there. It's in there forever. I've seen it all. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <it's one> the <laughs> funniest things that man has ever done in his career. Oh, Lord. All right. I think that's it yeah. for this week. Yeah, you gotta go see. Um, you I'm gonna. Go see I'm gonna about to go strange. get. A, I'm about to go see some strange, and then I'm gonna I'm see gonna... multiverse of madness. Oh, <laughs> are you using the the South Park interpretation of strange, and that you're going to just go look at vaginas all afternoon? I thought that was clear, but yes, Carson, <laughs> that was the joke. <laughs> I just wanted to say vaginas. <laughs> But yeah, um, maybe uh, we can. Uh, hmm, hmm, I don't know hmm. when the fuck I'm going to be able to see this movie. I honestly don't know. I don't want to go to that shitty theater that I went to to see the, the last two movies that we had to do for a podcast, and tickets are not available for weeks at anywhere else. So I don't, I don't know when I'm going to. Would you be mad? Able to see would you be it. mad, baby, if I went out, if I cucked it with someone else on this one? Yeah, no, I, I was saying to you off air, and now on air, uh, we can announce to the world that if, if since we we can get together so little these days, we're always going to have this as our flagship podcast. But if either one of us want to just crank something out and post it under a different banner, different title as part of the family of Space Action Podcast, fucking yes. So Let's hopefully, as much as we can. That means more content. Yeah, hopefully more content. I'm going to try and do a Chris Carson show thing where I babble on for 45 minutes. Mm. We'll see how that goes. Um, if you guys yeah. want to hear me talk to my cats, oh man, I can make that show happen like three times a day. <laughs> I could do it. I could do a Talia podcast where it's just uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. I, I I have a, a a story to close out on that involves. All right, let's do it. Oh, um, oh. So I was just gonna say good night and good luck, everybody. In case the story has a perfect ending and we just want to cut. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Uh, so. <laughs> I was driving the other day with the windows down, and ah, I hear a, a kid crying, a baby. So I turn, and I look, and the couple is a, a white lady with her Indian husband. And Gross. They're, they're carrying the baby, and ah, I look at the baby. Looked exactly like Talia. Really? <laughs> like the hair, the face, everything. And I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, is that just a thing? Like, you gotta be careful if you hang out with another Indian white couple and your babies get mixed up, dude, because. Well, this loser, yeah. It was crazy. It was freaking That's crazy. Hilarious. So she probably has a lot of my Irish in her, and he probably has a lot of Sam's, like, North Indian in her. Possibly. In him. Yeah, that would and make it, a lot maybe, of sense. Those those two combinations just popped. It was the funniest thing, dude. It, I, now I know what it feels like, because like when I see like Anderson Pack, I'm like, oh, <laughs> he's Asian and black too. Is what? I'm like, oh, maybe that's what it's like now. I just know like there's just like a template. This you is know, the slightly funny thing is when you start mixing genes that haven't danced in thousands and thousands of years, you get to start seeing how other races came to be because Talia has very slight sideways Pan Asian eye fold. You know, to sound Very a little self-aggrandizing, 
um, African Asian culture. If you think about the middle ground, you get kind of like Ethiopian, mid, like Middle Eastern kind of look, right? And that's I get that all the time. People are you always like, "Are you Ethiopian? Are you are you uh, are you one of us?" And I'm like, "No, dude." But like, I'm like geographically, that makes sense. I'm like smack in the middle. Yeah, that kind yeah. of fairer skin. Like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So I wonder if some like invading whites came down to India and took a bunch of like uh, brides, and then they just went east. And became China ten thousand years ago. <laughs> like, infamously not cool about fucking a lot of shit. So yeah, probably. Maybe. All right. On that possibly xenophobic note, we're gonna go on. <laughs> go on. There's no possibly there. That's fair. Mixed babies, we're coming for you. We're out there. there. You can't stop us. It's the future. Ah!